This time we'll now read from Psalm 118. Read, actually read all of Psalm 118. And the text for the sermon will be the first four verses, one through four of Psalm 118. There in Psalm 118 we read this word of God. O give thanks unto the Lord, or Jehovah, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compassed me about, yea, they compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They compassed me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. 
We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. May the Lord bless us in the reading of Psalm 118. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, our text, verses 1 through 4, identifies an outstanding characteristic of a faithful church of Jesus Christ and a faithful Christian. And that outstanding characteristic is not many things which men might think would be outstanding and important for a faithful church of Jesus Christ or a Christian. For the church, it's, it's not the size of the church building. It's not the size of her wealth or her abilities or even the number of activities which she may have. It's not the size of her membership on the membership rolls. It is a spiritual quality which is of chief concern to the people of God and which is her outstanding character, one of her outstanding characteristics. And that is thankfulness. When the church is fully engaged in this characteristic, she, by the grace of God through faith, is able to give thanks unto Jehovah in all things, not just some things or some circumstances or most circumstances in life, but in everything. That's a remarkable, amazing characteristic of the church of Jesus Christ in this life and also of the believer. And thus the applicatory question to you and to me is, do you give thanks unto Jehovah? Do you? In everything? The Lord is pleased, beloved, to give us the word of Psalm 118 to admonish you and me unto this outstanding characteristic of the church of Jesus Christ and the believer, the Christian. It is godly thanksgiving. When Christ, by his word, who calls us powerfully by his spirit into this Activity of this blessed characteristic, you'll discover this will also become a mark of distinction for you in comparison to the world that's around us. And that's true, according to Psalm 118, especially when we notice the focus of the thanksgiving that is here in Psalm 118. Isn't it amazing that the psalm doesn't really mention earthly things. It doesn't mention food. 
clothing, housing, a dozen. Now that doesn't mean that Psalm 118 is teaching us that turkey and pumpkin pie and various things like that are evil in themselves and we need to abstain from those things and that's not good. The scriptures make clear those are good earthly gifts of God not to be refused but to be received from God by the word and prayer in thankfulness for our life. But the psalm does teach us by its interesting focus that the focus of our thanksgiving is not rooted in the things of this life. It is not based on those earthly things which God is pleased to give us. The focus, the fundamental ground of our thanksgiving is rooted really in Jehovah. As we read through the psalm, you'll notice psalmist speaks of what God did for him. In the face of all of his enemies, God did this. God rescued me. He heard me. He answered me. He did wonderful things which we don't understand. We can never comprehend, but God did those things. In fact, as the psalm teaches, God did the miracle of the stone, rejected by men, but set as the cornerstone of his kingdom. That cornerstone, that stone, is Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the focus. And does that not mark you, beloved, as very different from the world today? You will notice that the world today, and whenever we look out into the world, in times of perhaps feasting and celebration, the world remembers itself, thanks itself, And that's the extent of their thanks. That's it. Magnifies self. Becomes proud of self. Proud of one another. That's it. It feeds itself on its own works, in its own greatness, and so on and so forth. But like the psalmist here in Psalm 118, our focus is different. Unlike the world, we sing an anthem of thankfulness unto Jehovah. For he is good because his mercy endures forever. Call your attention to the text under this theme, giving thanks unto Jehovah. Notice three things about that. It's our daily duty. Then we'll notice it's blessed focus. And then thirdly, it's fundamental reason. For giving thanks unto Jehovah. It's a very simple thing, beloved, but it's fundamental. We must give thanks, and that thanks must be directed unto Jehovah. It ought not to be focused or directed on anything else. Now saying that, we must be careful and clarify what we mean The psalm doesn't mean that later today you may not thank your mothers for the food that they have prepared or the fathers if they have been involved as well or any of your siblings who have perhaps been involved in the baking. Now you may not thank them for the work that they did out of love for the family. That would be an improper understanding of the psalm. 
we may express thanks and must be thankful to them for all the love they have shown in preparing the meal or on other occasions in life when the neighbors help us or other members in the church help us or do other things for us. We give thanks also to them for how they may have helped us or encouraged us in this life. Nevertheless, even in that thanksgiving to the fellow saint, to our parents, to our siblings, to our children, to our grandparents, that thanksgiving is yet rooted in something, in a thanksgiving which is more fundamental. A thanksgiving which understands the relationship between those whom we're thanking in this life and how that relates to God who controls all of those relationships in life and the people that God brings into our lives to love and to serve us. And Psalm 118 helps us to understand that. When in the psalm, the word thanks or thanksgiving, in light of other parts of Scripture, this word is often only used to Jehovah. It almost always refers to thanksgiving unto Jehovah. And that helps us to remember that the principal or fundamental object of our thanks ought not to be us, ought not to be men, as though we are the reason, we are the fundamental cause of the gifts that we receive in our lives. It would be improper for us to say to our parents that they are the reason fundamentally why there is food on the table today. That would not be correct. Or with anything else that God gives us in life, even a place in his covenant and church, to say the reason and cause for that is something in my parents or even something in me. No. As the psalm makes clear, when the psalmist cries out to God for help, or when speaking about the enemies, makes clear that man himself, including us, is nothing. We are just creatures. We're not in control of the things of this life. Not even in control of our own health. Which God makes clear when we receive a sickness for which even the doctors might not even know what is happening. We are just creatures. And we grieve over this. We're also sinners. Of ourselves, darkness and unrighteous and sinful. So that we could never be the principal reason and the cause for thankfulness. That remains always Jehovah, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the God who rules all things in the creation, the stars above, the moon, the earth, everything in the earth and all of his creation. That God is sovereign, almighty. He does not change. He is Jehovah, as the psalm teaches, the sovereign, unchangeable God of his covenant family in Jesus Christ. And that Jehovah has made known his word to us, his promises to be your God and to bring you into his covenant 
as his children, adopted and gathered into his arms and loved and cared and preserved with him in that covenant. And that God is so glorious that he makes us to know him face to face in that close communion of friendship in Jesus Christ. And to that Jehovah, you and I must give thanks. When the psalm uses the word give thanks, it's describing an activity You children can imagine this, where we point to something. Thanking, the giving thanks, means to point. And to point at that, not not necessarily with our fingers or our arms, but in the words we're using, in our communication. When the psalm says, give thanks, we are to express or point to Jehovah by our communication, by our words. We must Say something about Jehovah as the reason, the cause, and the source for the things or the occasion of our thanksgiving. We must say it to him. We must speak it to him. So think of all the different times when we must speak that thanks. The Heidelberg Catechism calls prayer the chief part of thankfulness at home, in the church, the Bible study meeting, in the classroom, whatever circumstance it may be in life where we pray, we're speaking thanks unto Jehovah, pointing to him as the giver of these good gifts or the God who controls our life and governs it for his purpose. Point to him. When we sing, as we do in worship today, or at our homes when we sing, we we point to Jehovah in song, to him. In fellowship, one with another, in the word of God, not just in Bible study, but in our family discussions at home, the true Christian, the thankful Christian, is always pointing to Jehovah as the cause, the reason for the things which God gives to us in our homes and with which he enriches us. And then, of course, worship. The purpose of worship is not to point to you and me and say, look at me, to point ourselves unto Jehovah as the giver and the sustainer of our life in his covenant with him in Jesus Christ. And that, constant, and that activity, beloved, must be constant, daily. Daily give thanks unto him, as we shall do everlastingly in heaven, without sin. Then the text identifies, beloved, who must do this thanksgiving. Who must give thankfulness or thanksgiving unto Jehovah? In verse 2 we read, let Israel now say. Verse 3, let the house of Aaron now say. Verse 4, let now them that fear Jehovah say. That identifies who is to do this. 
Well, what do those three names mean? Israel, the house of Israel, Aaron, and then them that fear Jehovah. The Lord is giving us three different perspectives of that same group of people. With the name Israel, we are reminded, first of all, that this is the holy nation of the kingdom of God, whose throne is a throne of everlasting righteousness, whose throne is in the hearts of those people who must give thanks, a throne established there by the Holy Spirit, by grace alone, so that those in whom that throne is established, they are the kings and the queen's servants who live in obedience to the word of God and zealously fight against all that is opposed to the standard of God's word. And they fight for the honor of the name of Jehovah in that kingdom. They must give thanks in their zeal and devotion to Jehovah. Number two, O house of Aaron, refers to the priesthood. Remember, Aaron was the high priest. Here we have the perspective of the people of God as priests. A priesthood of Jehovah who are consecrated or devoted unto Jehovah and the praise of Jehovah. Their goal in life is not to be devoted to themselves or devoted to their cause or their ideas. Their goal in life as the priests of Jehovah is to be devoted to him and his glory, his word, his church, his cause. God has made you his priest, servants, consecrated unto him for his praise. And then thirdly, you can probably understand the pattern that's developing here, those who fear Jehovah are those who know him, know him in his word, can speak to him that which he has spoken to them in the scriptures. They are the prophets whom God requires in his love to thank and to praise according to that which they speak or prophesy to the glory of his name. To summarize then, who must give thanks to Jehovah? In 1 Peter chapter 2 we read, Ye, beloved, ye are that holy nation. Ye are that peculiar people. Ye are that chosen generation. Ye are that royal priesthood whom God has called out of your darkness of sin and unbelief into his marvelous light of the truth in order that ye may show forth his praise according to his goodness. That's the focus of our thankfulness. He is good. You believe that, beloved? You confess that this morning? Jehovah has been good and is good to me. Indeed, beloved, Jehovah is good. We think about what good means. Often we think about something as good or conclude that some food is really good or that picture is a 
very good painting or those plants are very good, the flowers are very good. What we mean by that is those things are very pleasant to us and they serve a good purpose. A beautiful flower arrangement will have the purpose to perhaps bring some cheer to someone to whom we give those flowers. They are good in their substance, they look good, they're beautiful, but also have a very good purpose. And that's the idea that the scripture has in mind when God reveals himself to us as good. He is beautiful. He is perfect in his glory. He is perfect in all of his glory, in his being, and in the things which he does. And that God is only good. Absolutely perfect is Jehovah. We must believe that. That in Jehovah there is no darkness in him. He is only light. He is infinite beauty, wealth and glory and joy. And that applies to himself and the works which he does. God always wants to do that which is good. And in everything God wills to do, there's no unrighteousness, there's no evil, there is no deceit. It's always perfect. Absolutely perfect. No darkness at all. Which, beloved, is incomprehensible, especially when we consider that everything that God has willed and God does and governs, including the fall of man into sin, including the crucifixion of Jesus. God is good. There is no darkness in him at all or in the things which he does. All that God does in history, all that God does in your life, only good. Even that which men mean for evil, God Governing all of those things, as Joseph confessed, means it for good, for his purpose in Jesus Christ. That's the goodness that God reveals, beloved, to his royal priesthood, to you and me. He isn't pleased to reveal that goodness to everyone. Psalm 73, verse 1, makes that very clear. God is good to Israel, and such as are of a clean heart. And then the Lord goes on in that psalm to show that that goodness is particular. To the unrighteous, God does give a lot of this life and many good earthly gifts in this life. But does that mean God is revealing his goodness to them, being good to them? No, the psalm says that God is giving all of that wealth to the wicked to serve the purpose of their destruction. God's good purpose is accomplished in using them for a time for the good of the church and then destroying them. But then the psalm goes on to show that although God causes the church to suffer, he is good to Israel because his purpose and all that he does to his church is for her salvation. 
And that's the goodness, beloved, which God has revealed to you in Christ Jesus. Amazing. He reveals that to us in his word, showing to us that apart from Jesus Christ, we would never know Jehovah as good. We would be left in the darkness of confessing that God is evil. But by his goodness, God has brought us by Christ to be his royal priesthood, to know that, yes, Jehovah is good and good to us in his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who through his good atonement has washed away the guilt of our sin. By his Spirit has made us new creatures in Christ Jesus, that we may show forth his praise in thankfulness. And God is pleased to show that goodness in every step of your way in this life. When he makes you wealthy, God is good. When he makes you poor, Jehovah is good to his saints. When he joins you in marriage, yes, Jehovah is good. When he separates you from your beloved spouse in death, yes, Jehovah is good. When all is well for the church, Jehovah is good as we enjoy the freedom of religion. So we're able to worship this morning without fear of persecution, but the day comes when there will be persecution. Nevertheless, Jehovah is good. In my youth, or in our advanced age, doesn't matter, God is good. He is good in all the circumstances, all the details of our life, so that those things serve his good purpose, which is chiefly his glory. Remember, beloved, we are his servants. We're not the Lord to tell God, well, this must be done in my life, so that's how God is good. No, Lord, do unto me as seemeth good in thy sight, for thou art good. And whatever thou and thy wisdom has determined, that is good for thy glory. And because it's for thy glory, we believe also in Christ for our salvation. Thus, beloved, the Lord teaches us that as we evaluate the things we receive in this life, focus on the goodness of Jehovah. Children, don't look at the quantity of what's on your plate and then conclude Jehovah is good because I have so much on my plate. What would happen if today you go home and all you have on your plate is a a cracker, that's it. Just one little cracker on your plate and a glass of milk, and that's all you receive today. Is Jehovah still good to you and me? Yes. Because that goodness doesn't depend on the quantity of what's on my plate today, or the, even the quality of that which is on my plate today. We must look past 
the food on the plate by faith and look at the hand of Jehovah who puts that on our plate, who gives us all these things in life, including our parents and our grandparents and whoever else the Lord has brought into our life to love and to help and to support us, to look at that hand of Jehovah which gives us these things. Then we understand by faith, yes, God out of his goodness, he gives to me my daily bread. Out of his goodness, he has given me a place in his church. He feeds me with the food of the bread and the water of life week after week after week. He governs the circumstances in my life. These things come from the hand of my Father who is good. Not just the health, the wealth, things are going well, but also the sickness and the pain and the problems. Always Jehovah is good. And therefore, always give thanks unto his name. That raises one last question that we need to answer. Is that really true? Is God always good to me and to us? How can God be always good to me? The psalm answers that question teaching us that the fundamental reason why Jehovah is good and therefore we need to be thankful to him, that fundamental reason will never be you and me. Because concerning God's goodness, in particular, we're prone to several errors which make us of ourselves not worthy to receive that goodness. We are exactly prone to judge on the basis of sight and our earthly standards about whether we think God is good or we think God is doing things well. And we all face the temptation to equate the goodness of Jehovah to the amount of money that we have or the amount of food that we have. If we have a lot of money, a lot of good, well, then God is good. And if I only have a cracker on my plate later today, well, isn't it a temptation, children, to say, well, the Lord isn't good today, is he? Because, well, that's it. Just a little cracker on my plate. And that's the error to which we are prone because we live often not by faith, but by sight, by feeling how we feel. If I don't feel good today and this morning, well then, God must not be very good to me today. We're so prone to deny the infiniteness, the unchangeableness, the glory of the goodness of God to us, his children. There's so much of that in you and me. Because of that, We don't deserve the goodness of Jehovah. We don't deserve to have what Romans teaches us. All things work together for good, for God's purpose, and your salvation in Jesus Christ. We don't deserve that. We deserve to be consumed 
left in our darkness, left in our wickedness. But the good news, beloved, is that Jehovah's mercy to you in Christ Jesus endures forever. That's amazing. The mercy by which God and Jesus Christ has compassion on those whom he loves in Christ and according to which he takes us out of that darkness and misery and brings us into the, the beautiful, refreshing, joyful light of salvation in Jesus Christ. A mercy which is not able to not only able to have compassion on us or pity in our misery, but it's also the mercy by which he reaches down and takes us spiritually out of that misery. It opens our eyes and opens our ears to hear and to see the purpose of God in all the things he gives us in life. And that he gives all of these things to us, not because he hates us, but because he loves us. And though we don't deserve it, he will give it to us out of his goodness for the sake of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, who died for you and me. We're so unthankful and took that guilt away and by the Holy Spirit works in you that life of Jesus Christ and the eyes to see the goodness of Jehovah so that we may be a thankful people of God in this life. A royal priesthood who makes known the praise of Jehovah for his marvelous, marvelous goodness to us. And if you fear, but tomorrow, I know I will sin, I'm such a sinner, will that mercy continue tomorrow? And the text, beloved, is emphatic, yes, because his mercy endures forever, from eternity to eternity, forever. It doesn't change the mercy of Jehovah to you in Christ Jesus does not change, will never diminish. In his mercy, as we sang from Psalm 103, he will forgive your iniquities and he will heal you. Wash away the guilt of our sin and by the Holy Spirit also miraculously open the eyes and the ears to see and to hear the goodness of Jehovah and to loose the tongue so that we may speak thankfulness and praise to him. That mercy endures every day, through every circumstance, every adversity, all the days of your life until you face even the last enemy, death and the grave. Even there, God in his mercy will go with you show you his goodness. That means then, beloved, because of his mercy, his goodness will always, always, always achieve its purpose in Christ in you. Always. Affliction is good because it will work in you a stronger faith in Jesus Christ. Chastisement is good. It works in us a humble spirit and a faith 
that's stronger than Jesus Christ, our righteousness and peace. Trial is good. It works in you and me. More fervent prayer to the Lord and trust in his word. Sickness, maybe a few days, but sickness that lasts for many years is good. Yes, it is. Because the Lord will, by his mercy, preserve you and strengthen you in trust in him. Admonition is good. The Lord will bring you back to him when we stray. Bring us back in repentance and conversion. It will work as he determines. Beloved, believe that because the mercy of Jehovah to you in Christ Jesus and for his sake, because it endures forever, it endures all the days of your life, and to all the generations of his church and into everlasting life forever, believe that God is good to you. And for that, give thanks unto him. Amen. Let us pray. O most merciful and gracious Father in heaven, grant to us all that we need Grant to us the blessing that we need in Christ Jesus. Grant us the grace to see thy hand in all things and the goodness of thee, our God, for Jesus' sake. Bless us now as we sing praise and thanksgiving to thy name, for thou, Father, art worthy. Hear us in Jesus' name. Amen.